Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Ren, and I am so glad you're joining me today. On the Friends of a Feather podcast, I pray that this is the place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I get to share with you. Every time you download an episode of the Friends of a Feather podcast, I want for you to feel seen by God, to feel encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. I'm so glad you're joining me today for this special summer series episode on the Enneagram. Michelle Dyer has been coming on each episode to talk to us about each Enneagram type. We started with Enneagram 1 and we are to the Enneagram 6 today, which is near and dear to my heart because I am an Enneagram 6. So this is a really good episode for me to enjoy um, being on the other end of things. But I have to tell you, it was very vulnerable. And after we recorded, I kind of felt a little wishy-washy about it. And I think it's just because it's a vulnerable place to be in when you're hearing a lot about your own self. So could y'all do me a favor? I know that this is resonating with so many of you. I would love if you have never been able to write a review and rate the podcast, if you go to your podcast app and type in Friends of a Feather, if you would do two things for me. If you enjoy listening to this Enneagram series, I would love for you to just write a one-line, two-line comment about this series, what you have taken from it, and if you've been encouraged by it. And then the second thing would be to click that subscribe button. I have some amazing friends coming on the podcast this fall, and you don't want to miss any of those. When you click subscribe, that means that this app will download all of my podcast episodes into that app. You don't have to do anything else except, oh, I want to listen to a podcast episode. You click your app and it'll go straight in there. I have some awesome guests such as Micah Hunter. I have Donna Gaines, Jill Atagwe, Leslie Hollowell, Amy Hale, and Claire Richardson. That's just August and September, y'all. You are not going to want to miss any of these episodes coming up. So go ahead and subscribe, and I would love if you could leave that comment uh, for the rating and review. That would be so helpful to me for others to find the podcast and feel encouraged by it. Okay, so let's get to episode 92, my talk with Michelle Dyer as we discuss the Enneagram 6, The Loyalist. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Michelle. Thank you so much, Ren. Gosh, it's good to be here this morning with you. I'm excited and nervous at the same time because we are talking about the Enneagram 6, the loyalist. Now, have you heard it any called anything differently from the loyalist? Yes. Um, my training suggests the loyal skeptic. And so Ooh. I have to say I'm torn about that title. You okay. Know? Okay. And we'll talk more about why as we go through this morning. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. but I have to tell you, I think sixes may be some of the most misunderstood Mm. Possibly, you know, just um, I don't want to say undervalued, but I am quickly, and I'm not saying this just because you're a six and I'm on your podcast. (laughs) Okay, good. 
quickly becoming such a fan of sixes. And mm-hmm. I see such a dramatic need for the gifts that they have, particularly in our society today, um, that I just feel like there are some really hidden strengths that are incredibly valuable and amazing about a six. And though mm. so some of those things um, would include, first of all, sixes are the most apt to think about the group and the common good mm. of the group. Um, where most types are either thinking about me or about even just us, which is just me and a couple others. Sixes really do think about the world at large and what is best for the common good. Mm. So they just have this deep awareness of the individual to couple with that, though. And so they're deeply inquisitive about other people, understanding their story. And I had to laugh as I was kind of putting this all on paper because I've thought about you and just, you know, you're this whole podcast and how you desire to just hear people's stories and ask such good questions. And that's just really the heart of a six is to ask those deep questions that help us get to the bottom of what's making us tick because it goes along with the six's desire to deeply understand if a person is trustworthy or not. Yes. Um, The six really goes far in seeking, can I trust this person? Are they worthy of me devoting my loyalty to them? And when they make that decision, you know that it has been analyzed and um, carefully thought through because sixes are so thoughtful. Um, And once they devote their heart and energy to a person and decide this person is safe, this person is authentic and real and worthy of trust, they will stick there. So I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Super, lots of superpowers for a six. It's amazing. Okay. okay, that's so good. And I'm just like, I'm tearing up because I'm just, it's just that I think my, when I took um, a class years ago, when it was the book, I think it was the book by um, the father and son, Gary Smalley. That's who it is. Gary Smalley and his son. And they talked, it was a marriage conference, but they talked about fear buttons Mm-hmm. And which was your fear button? And mine is not being fully understood. Ooh, yes. And so I feel like when I am asking questions on the podcast or, or talking to people is I want them to be fully understood, but I don't want everybody, anybody to ever misunderstand me. Oh, that's the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. I'm yes. like, that's the worst. Um, so that's, that's true. That's totally true. So interesting. And I think... Um, just a very valid point for a six to understand, you know, about themselves, that it really is about, I want um, to do these things that I so deeply value for me, also for you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a six's MO throughout life mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. it has to be good for both of us and it has to be good for the world at large. You know, and that's funny because when I was posting on Instagram, it takes me a while to post because I'm thinking about how is this going to affect if it's talking about my child, I'm thinking, how is this going to affect the single 
woman that Mm -hmm. desires to be married with children? How Mm -hmm. is this going to affect, you know, is this going to affect them in a negative way? If it is, I won't post it. And it's, and I, but it's, I mean, I can go the opposite way on that. Like where it's so, you know, I labor over it a little too much, but you know, I I see that. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It really, you know, where a one, um, will self doubt and be, they'll be Mm self-critical A six is more self-doubting because they are trying to meet the needs of so many, you know, and mm-hmm. think about all those contingencies yeah, and yeah. all the possible outcomes or all the possible interpretations. Yes. And so, you know, they're just very s- scared almost that they might not be able to meet all of those demands or thoughts or, you know, and again, going back to the misunderstood thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel so understood right now. <laughs> like, oh, that's me. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. So I did in the book I was reading the road back to you by Ian Cron and Suzanne Sibyl. I really, this part of this chapter on the six was interesting about anxiety versus fear. Yeah. Really good for me to read this because they said, you know, healthy fear. If somebody's chasing you, yes, your adrenaline kicks in, you run away. Yes. Um, uh, but if it's anxiety, it's, the what if it's in your mind, what you are thinking, what could happen? Like, you know, what if somebody comes and chases me, what I'm going to do. And that's where it gets to the whole nother, whole nother level of um, being healthy and unhealthy in that respect. Absolutely. Yeah. Because again, going back to, I think of all the possible outcomes, you know, well, there are just limitless things that can go wrong in this world. So mm-hmm. I would say that is one area where six's struggle is getting into a cycle of all those what ifs and not having control over that mm-hmm. and letting your minds run wild with the, you know, contingencies of how I'm going to deal with that on top of it, because a six not only wants to figure out what could go wrong, but how are we going to fix it? You know, and how are we going to make it right? Yeah. So you can see the immense burden that y'all carry a lot of times for the rest of us trying to, to anticipate all those things that could go wrong and, and then having this burden of wanting to fix it. I mean, that's just, that's a very tiring cycle if it's Mm -hmm. not kept in check. Yeah. Okay. Talk a little bit about our motivations. Um, it, as a six, um, it, in our in the book, it says that the motivations were for security and mm-hmm. certainty. And I can see that in my own life is the security. You know, I I like to know its expectations. I like to know what's coming. I didn't really think I was a planner, but I'm definitely a planner. I like rules. I like <laughs> I like things that you can follow. I love. I just love the security of that and knowing what is coming next and what's the plan. What are we going to do today? What are we going to do tomorrow? Um, I do. Some of the seven in me comes out with spontaneous as we planned a play date for tomorrow afternoon. And that's usually, you know, I like to plan ahead and then it's just like, okay, let's do that. So that's fun too. So it's, it's a weird mix, but usually I like the certainty, the planning and the security of things. Yes. Well, and I'm sure that, you know, the healthy six has room for risk-taking. And actually, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes when we talk about their stretch line. Um, But there definitely is a motive of wanting to be safe and secure and to know what to expect. Sixes don't love change. I'm guessing, you know, that especially when it's thrust upon you, it may be different if you're making the decision for there to be a change. 
Mm. But if somebody changes it on you, that can be a little bit disconcerting, you know? Yes. Others might feel a little bit like no big deal, you know? Okay, well, let's go into the stretch and release. I want to know about the stretch and the release of the six. Yes. Okay. So we talk again about stretch and also sometimes this line is referred to as the stress line because it can be when we're stressed, we disintegrate into the bad patterns of whatever type our stress line goes to. Mm -hmm. So stress and stretch for the six is the three. So the achiever. Mm, Interesting. And the reason being that the stretch for the six can be that, you know, because sixes are constantly thinking about all of those contingencies, they're thinking forward about, you know, how are we going to do this to maximize good work? Sometimes they get stuck there. Mm-hmm. And so the three says, I don't care about any of those things. I just want to get it done. So in order for a six to really stretch and grow, they need to maybe tap into that three and say, okay, I'm going to quick quit planning. I'm going to quit thinking of all the possibilities that could go wrong. And I'm just going to take action. Mm, that's good. Because a lot of me is planning and planning and procrastinating and just like, <laughs> I don't know, I have to be fully ready, fully ready and not yeah. ever jumping and doing it. So right. that's awesome. Right. Yeah, that that's, makes sense. Okay. Right. What's, the, what's the release? What's the growth pattern? The release then is the nine. So okay. releases, I can, um, you know, I can go here to kind of release some of those tensions that are caused in me naturally. Um, the nine is the more passive type. And so they're 10, they tend to be more go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to relax through this. I'm not going to get uptight about it. I'm not going to think about all the potential problems. So it's similar, you know, for a, a, a six can sometimes go to that nine and say, you know what, I'm going to turn it off, turn it off the light switch of all the potentials. And I'm just going to go with the flow and we're just going to see what happens. So mm. in some ways, um, the three and the nine, there is some some stretch there for the six as well um, at the nine. But it's, you know, basically giving themselves permission to mm-hmm. turn that light switch off and mm. to release themselves from having to be the person that thinks of all the contingencies. Yeah. See, I can see myself as more of a nine, just kind of laid back, whatever, in college and um, before I got married and before kids, Mm. for sure. And then and before I taught school. And then when you teach school, that kind of just comes, you know, you just you've got to or you die. (laughs) Um, You have to do that. And then with marriage and then with kids, it's just like the light switch is like on all the time. Oh, it's so fascinating to me to think about our life experience and how it impacts our type. Yeah, yeah. Part of the reason I love Enneagram so much is it gives that allowance for mm. the way that nurture or life experience impacts the way we change and grow and what parts of our personalities are turned on at certain, yeah. certain times of our lives. That's so. good. That's good. Okay, I want to read a quote, which kind of made me giggle a little bit. Not <laughs> the quote, but what I thought about after the quote. Um, he was talking in the book, uh, The Road Back to You, um, Sixes in Relationships. It says... Um, they will watch for hints of betrayal or abandonment. They'll pepper you with questions like, are we still good? What if you wake up one day and you don't love me anymore? You know, they will alternate between pushing you away and clinging to you. 
Mm. And I said, and I wrote, of course, in the side, I wrote, yep. What are you feeling? What are you thinking right now? I would ask that Jim, we would be dating and I'd be like, Jim, what are you thinking about right now? And he'd be like, nothing. (laughs) And I'm like, what are you, what, you know, like in the, (laughs) this is when I started laughing because one of my favorite movies of all time is how to lose a guy in 10 days. And she goes, and they're sitting in the movie watching Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks in the movie sleep is in Seattle. And she's like, what's on your mind right now? What are you thinking? And he's like, I'm just going to watch this movie. And she's like, so your mind is a complete blank. You know, like she, it's totally me. I was like, yes, that's what I used to do when we were dating. Like what? Anyway. And, um, so good. We moved our wedding. We were supposed to be married at the end of May. Well, mom and dad were like, you're graduating college. This is too much. We need to push it back. And then Jim was like, yeah, we really need to push it back. And he's the one that came to me. He's like, we really need to push this back. What? I was in tears. I mean, like we moved it back two months. Like it's not a big deal, but um, it was just oh, funny gosh. because that was what I was feeling of yes. you know, that imminent betrayal or something. That that was a clue of that, and it yes. wasn't. But it was um, my thought about it. So yeah, it was, it was I definitely think sixes in relationships have to be careful not to live in the what if category. Yes, you know, and to not say gosh, all these things could potentially break down or Mm -hmm. he might do X, Y, Z, you know, um, it is a real fear. And again, the constant push pull that the six has between complete loyalty and devotion to anxiety about and insecurity about what if something changes and it's not there anymore which makes them appear then skeptical of their very person that they feel most devoted to. Yes. It's the push, it pushing them away or bringing them close. That's yeah. totally it. Yeah. And it, it can be terrorizing. I think for a six, again, if they don't take the reins on that cycle and right. say, you know, I'm really, it is telling yourself truth. And, you know, yes. we talk about gospel transformation and, the way that the gospel can transform us, I think, as sixes is to help us to trust, um, to trust Jesus completely that, okay, something could go wrong. He could change. But you know what? At the end of the day, Jesus wins every time, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and he loves me. I think that's another difficult thing for a six to believe that Jesus loves them and and has their good in mind and it's hard, I think, especially for a six to believe that it is going to be okay. Right. At the end of it, it is really going to be okay. And that God does have our greater good in mind. Um, and that he is ultimately in charge and in control. Yeah. That. Well, and even in the end of the chapter, it has 10 things of what a six can do. And one of them was to journal, which I have started occasionally to in that. Um, and then another one was to be in um, the word and prayer consistently and every day. And I'll ha- I have to say that, that for sure, if there's a day that I am not in the word first thing in the morning um, or soon after, I can tell. And it's, I can tell that, I mean, I think that of any of the number, maybe, maybe other numbers, but I think of all numbers, sixes, um, I think you can tell a little bit more, maybe quickly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's with every, every number, but for me, I can just, I just know because the battle is won or lost in the mind. I've said that so many times that I've heard and that's it. And if you're not in the word and the truth and it, it says, 
a regular prayer practice is vital for every yeah. six, for every number, but especially the six. And I'm like, yes, I agree. I mean, I, and I can see that. Um, I can guess why that would be true, you know, and you can affirm or deny this, but the six being in the thinking center, yeah. the fives and the sevens, you know, it is um, a process of working out and organizing those thoughts in your mind. And I would guess that prayer really helps you do that. Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, logically tell yourself truth throughout the, you know, that time with Jesus of just reminding yourself that he is in control and that yeah. I can trust him with this. So absolutely. Good. And that's why I think my new prayer journal that I love so much with Val Marie paper has been so vital for me in the last few years. It has mm-hmm. totally helped me to organize my prayers and actually get them on paper, just like that journaling aspect, get it on paper and then write the prayer request that God has answered. Even if it's a mm-hmm. no, I have been writing down even the no's so that I can see God is faithful even in the knows. He is faithful in the yeses. He's faithful in the knows. But then we can remember and see that on the page of past um, uh, faithfulness, of past faithfulness and present so that we know in the future he will be faithful. So rich. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of go to, um, I was kind of laughing at this because what is their greatest need? What is their greatest um, need of a six or how are they loved? And I might need to turn it back on myself and say, let me hear from you about that because you're the expert on what really makes you feel loved and what is your greatest need? You know, well, and it's funny because like when I think of that, you know, sixes, I think are afraid of making mistakes I am. I'm very much afraid of making mistakes. So even in my answer to you, I'm like, what if I say something that's not true for all sixes? <laughs> like what? Ren, yeah. are you kidding yeah. me? The greater good. See, I'm thinking about all the sixes. I'm like, just think about yourself and tell her what you feel. It's just so good. It's so funny. That's so true though. Yeah. I think is just to be understood and for us to say, you know, for, for us to not be brushed aside when we have anxieties or we have fears, like if we have a fear, don't just brush it aside and be like, you're fine. You know, like, um, and that sometimes that is good for me. I I have people in my life around me that will say, Ren, you're fine. Move on. And that is good. However, all the time it's not, you just want somebody to listen and just to be like, yeah, I see that that concerns you. Um, yeah. Do this and then maybe not, you know, so I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's the push and pull. It's sometimes you need people to say, stop, you're fine. Um, but it is nice to be, to just be heard, I guess, just be yeah. heard, be understood and be listened to. That's well, probably I would a good need. Maybe somebody with, um, you know, a high level of trust with you yes. could see that more readily could say, I hear you, but I know you. And I think this is, you know, time to move on. Yes. Somebody else who's just like, you don't even know. And they're saying, nope, I'm not going to pay attention to that. Right. Right. And I think my husband and mom are my closest people. And they are very good at this. A very, very, very good at, um, you know, acknowledging it and saying, okay, but this is what truth is, or this is probably not going to happen. You know, that kind of thing Yeah, so that is helpful, but yeah, I can see that. I can see that that's what we just want to be understood. And, yeah. um, and I would think uh, every six needs to find 
a couple of people like that in their mm. life. You know, mm-hmm. once they acknowledge this is me and finding those few people that they can go to and say, is this irrational? You know, yes. is this anxiety? or is this a place where I really need to hone in and figure out, drill down a little bit more? Yeah. Well, and I also thought um, kind of something else funny about a six and I thought I was going to mention real quick is that um, no to the sci-fi, like science fiction. <laughs> I don't want to go see a science fiction movie because it might happen. I mean, it might. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> However, I've been watching other, you know, I've gotten better. But when we were first married, I'm like, nope, because mm, that could happen. Like, so. Yeah, a good friend of mine calls that borrowing trouble. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. And so you're wise. I think that's, that's again, part of the truth we have to tell ourselves. Yes, yes, totally. not ultimately good for me, you know? Yes, yes. I was interested to find out some of the famous people who are sixes. And one of them would be um, Woody Allen. Yes. Larry David. And then Frodo Baggins. And so I love all three of these, but you would not expect them to be that way. And so I want to know, how do you see Frodo Baggins being a six? I want to hear about this. I think he is such an incredible example for for sixes to look Mm -hmm. at because, you know, he was the reluctant warrior. Mm -hmm. That to me is just so... Um, such a great picture of a six. They have, and going back to what I said at the very beginning, that our society desperately needs more Frodo Baggins. And that is Mm -hmm. the person who is willing to personally risk for the greater good. You know, this Mm -hmm. day and age, we have a lot of me-focused people who are kind of thinking, you know, I'm, I could do that, but I'm not going to because, you know, it doesn't benefit me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sixes don't think that way. Sixes think in terms of, I, I want to do that, but I'm not sure that I have what it takes to do it, but they want to do what's best for the greater good. Mm-hmm. So Frodo consistently, and by the way, I'm such a Lord of the Rings geek. Yes, we love him. Boys, so I have seen it probably more times than is healthy, but oh. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. They, I just love that they really um, appreciated his courage. His type of courage was to give at, at his own personal expense, and he was yeah. scared to death to do it. He didn't yeah. think what he had it, but every six needs a really good cheerleader alongside them saying, Oh, yes, you can do that. Yes, yes. you can. And they can. And they're probably, I think it's the most interesting thing that the six self-doubts so much because they have within them this incredible power to change the world, if only they'll act on that, you know? So I've loved what you've done with your podcast. And I remember when we first talked about it, you said something to the effect of, I am doing this, um, because basically it was a risk for you kind of emotionally, but you felt called and led to do it for those women out there that need to hear the truth of God in their lives through other people's stories. So I think you're also a prime example and someone we should hold up as being, you know, that courageous person who maybe didn't think they could, but risked it and did it with such grace and beauty. Mm. I love it. You are so sweet. That is 
very meaningful to me. That is, thank you for saying that. I appreciate <laughs> it. You're sweet. Well, and I was thinking about when you were talking about Frodo Baggins, when he, at, at the beginning, when Gandalf gave him the key, like said, you know, you have to keep this. And he gave it back. I don't want it. I don't yes. want the key. You know, yes. I'm not the key, the ring. Yes. I don't want the ring. It was, yes. that's interesting, you know, that he didn't want that, but then he knew the, of the greater good. Oh, yeah. And all through the movie, that continues to happen. There's a scene where they're all arguing about who's going to do it, you mm-hmm. know, and he just he doesn't want to do it. But he knows that he's been the one who's gifted to do it. And so he kind of steals it and says, I'll take the ring, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a good movie, a reluctant leader, you know, in the yeah. six who really has the capability if only they'll believe in themselves. I love it. I love it. Um, one more thing I want to talk about with the six and then um, we're going to wrap it up. But I did see how there are two different types of sixes. I know we talked about subtypes last week. And if um, y'all didn't catch the episode five, when we talked about subtypes, that was really, really good. But this one I read about a phobic six and a counterphobic and how the phobic six was very, it, it's all about authority. We deal with fear, but then it's also authority. And so so it said phobic sixes were obeying, being obedient to authority and how counterphobic sixes were about rebelling against the authority and how some sixes go between the two. Yes. I had never really thought of it that way. I mean, I, I'm pretty like, you know, oh yeah, we need to follow the rules. I knew that, but I didn't really think of it in, I mean, I guess that's authority. I didn't, I've never really thought of it that way and that there's two types. Yeah, each um, each type, of course, we talked about these subtypes, has basic three subtypes. And one of those three subtypes we will call the counter type. And so for the six, there is uh, the one-to-one um, six that is the counterphobic. And so what that means when we say counter type is we kind of have these things that we expect to see out of a certain type. And then the counter type turns around and kind of puts that on its head and does the opposite of that. Interesting. So where most of the time six are looking out for the greater good by following societal rules and norms, the counter type, um, that counterphobic six is kind of like rebelling against, well, this is what we've always done. Mm. So they're looking out for the greater good by saying, no, 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 we're not going to do it the way we've always done it. We're going to turn that upside down and we're going to try it this way instead. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's fascinating to me how, well, of course, you know, in my line of work, I (laughs) tend to love this stuff. So yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that. Okay. Thank you so much, Michelle, for talking to me about the Enneagram 6. This is very vulnerable for me and I'm still a little nervous, but um, but this was really good. I really, it helped me to hear you and for all those sixes out there. So thank you so much. It has been pure fun. Thanks for having me, Ren. Awesome. Oh my goodness. I loved it. And I hope this helped you understand the sixes in your life better. And I just love what she said about 
you know, just needing a good cheerleader. And I think other than being understood, I think that is how sixes are loved well, is just to be a cheerleader for them and encourage them that they can do it. So thank you for being my encourager. Uh, So many of you have given me that just extra boost to do the podcast and to continue with it. And so I really appreciate that. Y'all are awesome cheerleaders. Remember, we are going to have a question and answer episode in a few weeks. On August 9th, Michelle's going to come back one last time and we are going to talk about the Enneagram as a whole and answer your questions. So you can email me those at friendsofafeatherpodcast at gmail.com or you can DM me uh, on Instagram and on Facebook. So I would love to get your questions for that. If you want to hear your voice on air, you can record your voice asking your question on your voice recorder app and then emailing it to me. Also, I would love to hear your voice on the podcast. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. And I just want to encourage you, if you love what you're hearing, to go leave a review and a rating on the podcast app on your phone. I would greatly appreciate it. And click subscribe so that you do not miss any of these upcoming Enneagram Summer Series podcast episodes. And also my friends that are coming on the podcast. You do not want to miss them and their stories. I am thankful for you. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next week for the Enneagram 7, The Enthusiast. Bye, friends. Bye.